0: As far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a Cutlass, your host, Davram! It's extremely yeah. close. We got fortunate. We're partying this fight. A a oh, goodness, oh wow! Oh, what? <laughs> what? That was wow. like that was. Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. I. M. Davram, and this is episode 76 and right off the rip. If you haven't heard that wonderful song, uh, it was uh sung by, and I don't know uh if if she also wrote it, but it's the same gal, and I forgot to write her name down. I apologize, and uh I'm sure some of you out there will know who it is. The same gal who does the song We Shall Sail Together, uh, very famous uh, in the Sea of Thieves community. And again, I, I apologize for not actually having her name written down, and I am horrible with names, so I've forgotten it. Um, but an organization that has been around for quite some time, the Notorious Arena League, an organization that I was a part of in in a little bit uh, of a capacity as far as helping, um, helping out on scrim nights and things like that, um, they were an organization that used the arena to basically bring a, almost like a competitive esports style uh, to Sea of Thieves. And unfortunately, as we all know, the, uh, the arena uh, shut down. In, in all honesty, it was, a, it was a good business decision by Rare. Um, they were spending a lot of money on servers. They were spending a lot of money on the the team uh, to try to keep Arena as stable and going as they can. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the preferred method of play by many players, right? Now, again, we don't know the actual number of players uh, that played Arena. All that we know is what Rare tells us, Right. Um, Rare is very secretive, uh, just like many companies are with their data, um, especially with their active players, right? You don't want to release numbers which show your player base is dwindling. Um, now, of course, we do have Steam, which does uh, provide active players um, on a very regular by basically hour uh, time frame. but we also know that Steam is a very small percentage of the players because a lot of people play via the Game Pass system, either on Xbox or PC. But with the arena shutting down, uh, because I believe the, the statistic was only 2% of players are actually playing the arena, Again, we don't know. We don't know what that number is. That we kind of trust Rare when they release these kind of numbers, but at the end of the day, we don't know. We, we, we don't know. But it is their game, and they have no reason to keep something that's not profitable going. Obviously, it's not profitable, but Rare can do anything they want to their game. Uh, it's their game. We are players in their game, and quite frankly. End of the day, we don't have any say of what they actually do. They felt it was a good business decision. I agree. It was a good business decision to shut down the arena. And it impacted a lot of players. It impacted a lot of players negatively. They knew this. Rare knew this. They knew that they were going to take heat uh, for this because there were passionate players that lived in the arena and pretty much only the arena. They knew this would cause a lot of heartache in the community, but they also understood that it was a very small percentage of their population. They knew that the amount of time, energy, resources, and money that they were putting into the arena could be better spent in adventure to give us things like the adventures, to give us things like the on-off switch that we see happening in the last uh, in the, the fight for Golden Sands with the fog changing all the time, phantoms appearing. And now that we see with the mystery, as things are unlocking, they can flip those switches. Those things would not be possible without the resources to build them in. But one of the big unfortunate impacts of closing down the arena was, and we just got announced this this past week, that the Notorious Arena League, unfortunately, is closing and shutting down. Now, I have friends that have competed since the very beginning of the NAL when it was just in North America. Uh, It did grow. Uh, For those of you who don't know the history of NAL, it grew to have both a NA and a EU uh, division. Um, They were up to, I believe, six seasons. Um, And a lot of people, and I was engaged in some... Twitter discussions, uh, this past week on a variety of topics, but one of them was the NAL because a lot of people, and there are some people out there that say the NAL failed just like the arena failed and they're not mutually exclusive at all. Some people understood what I was trying to get through and, and trying to share other people didn't. Other people saw the NAL as an organization. Some people, you know, say, well, there's just some shitty players in there, and they just so happen to be in the NL. There are some good players in the Look, there are some good players in the NAL. There are some fantastic players in the NL. There are some world-class players, best-in-the-world players in the NAL. There are also above-average players in the NAL, right? It was teams of players and that's just how it goes. It was dominated sometimes by the same teams with the same players. Yeah, just like on Twitter and just like in life, you deal with some people who are, well, shitheads. And you also deal with some really uh, legitimately cool people. But what I was trying to get a part, uh, through to folks was the NAL was not at all a failure. The NAL was a community player-built Thing They didn't have special tools from Rare to get into arena lobbies, only them. They didn't get special treatment from Rare for a very long time. And they still didn't get special treatment from Rare. The thing that they got from Rare that they fought for for a long time was the seasonal champions got a very exclusive set of sales with the NAL Cup. Um, On the sales, it's probably aside from maybe the rare employee sales and now with the rare employee sales being continued to hand out to to rare employees, this sale could now be the most exclusive cosmetic in the game. It could very well become that because some cosmetics that have been relatively exclusive, like the rare uh, sales, those are going to keep growing and the NAL is now completely closed. So no more sales are given out. And there were six seasons of the NAL, six seasons of the NAL. And what we also have to keep in mind, arena did not just happen in the game right off the rip, right? It came later uh, in, in a future update after the game was already released. And the NAL was created by a group of players. Uh, One of the reasons I, I know a lot about the NAL is the Uh, Group of pirates, you always see the flag back here. The Cutthroat Pirate Community, that was one of the sponsors and one of the feeders of talent into the NAL. And a lot of the founders of the NAL came from the organization that I love so many of the people in. And many of them competed in the NAL. But to have a player-built, player-driven thing that used a system that Rare made, a a game mode that Rare made, and to get to a point where you're not only hosting competitive competitions, but you have shoutcasters, you have hundreds of people watching on Twitch, you have thousands of people watching on YouTube, you have prize payout that started small, right? You had prize payout... That started small and was generated only by viewers to gaining sponsors to at the end in season six, being able to cash out to the winners thousands of dollars as prize payout plus the sales. Starting from nothing and growing to that in such a short amount of time is in no way, shape or form a failure. Now, the NAL has no say in shutting down the arena because if they did, the arena would still exist, I promise you. But Rare did not create Sea of Thieves to be a competitive eSport. They understood that the arena had its day. It became not a very good return on investment. It became a negative uh, return on investment, which is never what a business wants, and they shut it down. The NAL had no control over that. The NAL was a successful organization in a failing game mode. That's that's the end of the day what it was. And I know for myself and, and seeing a lot of my friends who no longer are able to compete uh, in that, it is kind of depressing and it is kind of crappy. And to address some of the comments, well, they could have uh, used private servers since they were an affiliated Discord and they were a partnered Sea of Thieves group. They could use private servers to continue the NAL. And my argument to that is, no, you can't. Because the systems to make the gameplay fair are not in adventure, and Rare is not going to add them to adventure. How do you keep score? You can't have five galleons, six galleons, full crews fighting amongst each other in a giant open world without borders. Sure, you could put borders in by drawing circles on the map like some content creators do but even in those content creating events people don't listen to those they'll they'll go outside and oh you need to get back in no in in the arena there was a penalty for going out there it was the red sea right you you leave the arena you go into the red sea hit registration is still a major problem as we all know in adventure Who's going to keep track of if you hit or if you didn't hit? If a cannonball hits or it doesn't hit, who's going to keep track of that when you have full crews doing battle? Uh, Sure. You could take, you know, Five ships, three of them are referees, and two of them battle. That's not as exciting. That's not as fun. That's not as entertaining. That's not as competitive. It's not as cool. It's not as fun. It literally takes this amazing um, item that the NAL had grown and just kind of says, okay, well, we're going to keep limping on because that's what we have to do. That's not good. You have to move on sometimes, and that's what they're doing. Unfortunately, they have to move on. There is no system in adventure that would allow for fair competition like the NAL had built in the arena. So I wanted to honor the NAL at the start of this, uh, uh, start of this episode because one, I thought it was a great organization. Yeah, sure. I had my own personal issues with, uh, with some of the leadership there. Um, I did an episode probably last year, Um, with one of my good friends, uh, who, who was, um, uh, team captain in the NAL, uh, you can go back and and look at that episode with, uh, with him. Um, and we talked about what the NAL was, how it grew, how it came to be. So you can check out that episode if you would like back in the podcast archives, I think it was a season one episode, I believe. Um, I had my disagreements and my personal opinions about uh, about, you know, some of the management and some of the choices they made. Uh, They had their own personal opinions about me. Trust me. I I multiple times tried to be uh, a shoutcaster uh, for a variety of reasons on there. And I wasn't selected. I don't hold that against them, that uh, my style, my loud, my in your face stuff wasn't what they were looking for. And that's absolutely fine. But at the end of the day, I'm also not going to take a dig at a player-grown organization that built something that was truly amazing. It was one of a kind, and it was something that they put in the game that wasn't meant to be there, and that to me is the root and the the basis of Sea of Thieves. Tools, not rules. We always hear the developers say that. The tools was the arena game mode. Regardless that it was a failure of a game mode, the tool was the arena game mode. The community came together and used that tool. They knew there weren't any rules, and they built a rule set. They built a competitive environment for people who wanted to be sweaty sweats, to get together and eventually grow this thing with two divisions so many teams that they actually had to have tryouts and qualifiers for each season brackets rules regulations logos team logos they had um um sponsors they had the the lady who made uh who who sang we shall sail together, make the notorious Arena League uh, uh, mo- song that you heard at the beginning. A failing organization does not do that. They don't continue to grow year over year, season after season, and get to the point where they're, handing, they're, they're giving out thousands of dollars to the winners. You don't get to a point where you go to Rare and say, look at what we've built. Can we have sales to honor these awesome pirates? And get them. You don't do that if you failed. And another comparison came out. Well, Race of Legends uses adventure and they're a competitive team. Yes, they are, but they're a race. They race around the world, first person to the end with these stipulations. There are no points, there's not a top score. It's did you make it to the finish line first? With hitting these check marks, it's a completely different thing. And the NAL cannot survive in adventure because rare does not give access to things like hit registration APIs where they could build a tool outside the game to track throwables, cannon shots, scuttles, sinks, chain shots, player kills, player hits. All those things that got you points in the arena, those are not in adventure and there is no API for them to create something to build that. If there was, I assure you, because I know some of the developers who create the website, I know some of the developers who worked on the back end of of the production and the back end of the NAL on a a web-based thing. I promise you, if there was a way for them to take adventure and get the same fair competitive world, they would have done that. They would have absolutely done that and kept the arena going. It's just not possible with what Rare allows players and, and to, to access via the API. And that's just how it is. And it sucks. And it sucks. For those of you out there who don't know what the NAL is, I invite you to please go check out their YouTube. I don't think they're going to take their YouTube down. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what their plans are now that they've shut it down. Um, but I would encourage you, go out to the NAL um, YouTube if you don't like to listen to shoutcasters, that's absolutely fine. You can mute the audio, but watch th- what they've built from the beginning to season six of the NAL and see some cr- pretty crazy fights, some pretty awesome boards and cannon shots. It's just an absolutely outstanding thing. Um, and to also call out, I'm, I'm, you know, I love some of the streamers out there, the Sea of Thieves partners. And, and I know he didn't do it because the NAL was shutting down, or if he did, bravo even more to him. But Boxy Fresh just put a, a, up a video of him uh, and, and a buddy of his, I think it was River, on a sloop fighting in NAL, one of the top uh, sloop uh, NAL teams. There were galleons, and they did uh, a sloop division as well. They were fighting them and it was an absolutely amazing fight. And of course, Boxy's always hilarious. And his video editor puts together a good uh YouTube video as well. So, you know, go out, check the out the NAL's YouTube channel, check out Boxy's video and really see what these pirates uh, uh were made of. Um and it is kinda it is sad uh that it shut down. Um, but I don't I don't see uh any other way that it, it could have existed, right? I, I just I just don't see it. Um so yeah. So usually I do this right off the rip, but I, I because of the video uh, slash audio, uh, if you're watching YouTube, you got to see the actual video that exists for the, the NAL uh, theme song, which is a really cool video. Um, I did, by the way, uh, uh, want to speak with someone on the NAL, but like I said, personal differences, not. Hmm, yeah, okay. We'll move on. I want to take a moment here as I usually do at the beginning and thank the patrons for financially supporting my content, both the podcast, my Twitch stream, um, and, uh, all the YouTube stuff, uh, that I do. Uh, and those patrons are lane and Regis Stella. Thank you very much, very much appreciated, uh, that you continue, uh, supporting my content, continue supporting pirate talk radio. If you guys would like, uh, to support the content as well, getting this, uh, uh, episode along with future episodes early before anyone else, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash Davram The lowest tier starts at $1 and it goes up from there and based on your tier, you get more and more rewards, including merch and holiday cards. If you're so inclined, the next thing I wanted to move on to, um, is the sea of thieves official podcast. Um, So we, we, I'm proud of them. First off, I, I want to say this. I'm proud of them. Um, uh, I know Logan and I have complained and complained and complained uh, where Sea of Thieves will say, hey, we're going to do this podcast and we're going to, um, you know, get it out and we're going to make sure it's consistent and, and they never did. They never did. And then they started it up and then they stopped and then they started it and then they stopped. And now it seems like they've finally gotten to a rhythm. I don't know if maybe they got some um some really cool uh employees that got really passionate about it or or there was a good business case for it. But I'm enjoying the fact that they're doing these monthly now and we're able to get an inside look with different members of the rare staff along with Joe and Mike um and just kind of understanding what their thought process is. Um, kind of some of the learnings they're having on, on some of the features that they're putting out and just kind of getting some of the C of T's out there, uh, that we do get on the podcast that you're not going to know unless you're uh, tuned in and listening to it. So, uh, a few things that I, I want to talk about, uh, that I, I took notes on here about it. Uh, and I first want to start with, they talked about the Xbox Bethesda showcase, uh, and the musical number that they did. Uh, and they kind of went all the way back to talking about when they first came up with this idea, which was all the way back in March. Now we're talking about that happened in what, June. Um, so you're talking March, April, May, and then finally June, you're talking three months before that showcase. They're already working on it. Like that's crazy to, to even think, well, okay. So, okay. We're planning on, okay. What are we doing? Okay. Uh, when, what's the roadmap look like, you know, to say, oh, that's going to be captaincy, but it's kind of just now on the starting to develop. So we have to get it done in time and we have to do something that shows off the features and we have to do it in a rare way, which by the way, the musical number was perfect. Uh, I know one of the things they wanted was how to make it a catchy tune, uh, and say, job well done and accomplished. I know I've talked to several people. The the, the song, the captaincy song, is it, it, it sticks in there. It stays in there. And it came right after Diablo. Joe, uh, Joe had a funny moment in there when he's like, when I watched that and saw the end of Diablo and they had the severed head, he's like, oh, we nailed it. We nailed it going from severed head to goofy musical number. Perfect Sea of Thieves. And I know they took a lot of heat from maybe the general gaming community about that, but for a Sea of Thieves fan, that's what we love. We want to see that goofy, lighthearted thing giving us something that we've wanted for a long time. Now, is every single player out there excited about Captaincy? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I can promise you when Captaincy comes out, though I think it's going to be bigger than what we see here or what we've heard and what we know. We'll get more with trailers, as they've said, getting closer to that. Um, Of course, it's coming out next week. Um, (laughs) So hopefully we'll probably get a trailer, I would assume, Monday of of next week. Um, But I think it's going to be bigger than what a lot of people are right now thinking. I don't think the entire season is just going to be You get to buy a ship. And yes, I was right, by the way. It was said multiple times by Mike Chapman. You can buy your ship. That is how you get it named. You have to buy the ship. And you can buy multiple ships of multiple different classes. So you want a sloop, a galleon, a brig? You have to buy each one. You want three sloops a galleon? You have to buy each one. It was very clear multiple times he said it. You have to buy them. He didn't say how you buy them. I assume that you're going to be able to pay in some way, shape, or form gold. But you're not just going to log into Sea of Thieves on the day of captaincy, walk up to the ship that is parked there at the dock, and slap your damn name on it. You have to buy your ship. However you unlock captaincy, maybe it'll be auto unlocked and everyone will just be, hey, you're a captain now, which it sounded like that from the, if you listen to the, the jingle, it sounded like that. But if you want to customize ship, you have to buy the ship, right? You can continue to sail Sea of Thieves. In my opinion, you can, how rare is seeing this is you can continue to sail Sea of Thieves right now. Nothing changes, right? Nothing changes. Your ship's not going to look cool. It's not going to have a name uh, on it, but you can sail right now the same you'll be able to do in the next season when captaincy comes out. If you would like to have a ship with a name and you would like to have a ship with customizations, you have to buy said ship. And then if you get a sloop, then you can be like, okay, today I'm going to roll out my sloop. And you probably do it with the 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 boats in. If you want to, if your other buddies like, nah, let's not sail your ship today. I want to sail, you know, I, I want to just sail the default ship with no, Okay, then you don't, you know. But you have to own the ship. You have to buy the ship. Mike specifically said that after, or he said when you buy the ship, the pirate lord will have a little thing that he says to you, congratulating you on the ownership of your ship. But you're having to buy the ship which means everyone out there, and again, I don't do insiders, and we're going to find out here next week if you know I'm ranting here and just diving into Mike's words, or if I get to say I told you so to everyone out there who gave me heat that said, oh, no, you'll be able to name your ship. Like, once you unlock captaincy, you'll be able to just name the ship, or the, the nameplate's going to be there, so you'll just say, No, Mike specifically said to customize your ship, you have to own it. And thus you have to buy it. Those were his words. When you buy your ship. I'm right. Now I might not. I I still think. I still believe it's going to be gold. But there might be some ancient coins. You never know. You never know. But the other thing with that. And this is why I think it's a little bigger. Now, Mike didn't go into specifics. Of course, he he wouldn't. Literally, Joe's like, I want you to tease something, but not too much. And literally, as Mike is talking, Joe is giving him the, like, side eye of, like, and I could see Joe twitching. If you watch very cl- closely, you see, like, little ticks of Joe's face and, like, like he was watching Mike, like, don't. Like, ready to pounce if Mike said the wrong, like, if you say the wrong thing, I'm going to pounce on you, all right? And in fact, I think in post-production, they did pounce a little bit because uh, McFarlane says something and the audio cuts out. And I went back because I thought maybe it was just me. No, it's very specific. Mid-sentence, the audio is muted when he started talking about the next adventure. So clearly, Joe was very on edge during that podcast talking about the future of Sea of Thieves when it comes to captaincy, when it comes to the adventures coming next, which they all said is going to blow our minds, which I'm super excited for. You could really tell that Joe was on edge because there's some really awesome stuff that he knows is ready to roll out, but he doesn't want to ruin it for everyone. He doesn't want people to get that sneak peek. Because one thing we've learned with Rare is they're good at keeping secrets. And then those secrets, when they're revealed, blow our effing minds. So I, I, I w- was living for that when Mike was able to tease something. Because you know you know Mike loves teasing stuff. You know Mike likes, likes to, to to dangle that uh, that carrot in front of us, right? He loves the sea of tease. On Twitter, on podcasts, on content, on interviews, he loves sea of tease. But when you got Joe Neat, your boss, sitting right next to you, just staring you down like, don't you dare ruin anything. I will come for you. It was absolutely hilarious. So they, 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 they said they thought the, uh, the, the sing along was a success and I would agree with them. And I said, I thought it was good at the time. I know again, they took some heat for it, but I think overall that, that was rare. That was sea of thieves. And that's what we all, we didn't expect, but we loved seeing it. And I hope they do more in the future. Now you don't want to do a musical each time, right? But I hope we see some more of that fun stuff in the future. So the next thing that they kind of covered on, um, on the podcast uh, was the mystery. And they said something very interesting because before I watched the podcast, I actually have my notes right here. I have the notes. It says mystery is dying. Okay. Because. There wasn't, for the past couple weeks, a lot of hype on social media. There wasn't a lot of teases or clues coming out on social media. There wasn't people scrambling with pictures and when something, but there wasn't a lot of stuff going on with the mystery. And my guess is the reason is they set some milestone with retweets, comments, likes that hadn't been reached yet. And they said specifically that this mystery is far from over. Which is very interesting to me. That we're months in now. And they said the mystery is far from over. And there's still much more to uncover before we get the answer that we're looking for in the murder mystery. Which was interesting to me. In fact, I believe just today or yesterday, a chest appeared. And in a matter of a couple hours, the uh, passcode for the chest appeared. Was said and it opened, and we got some more um, things that we now have to decipher in the game, some bits that we have to decipher together for the next piece. So, this was the first time in several weeks that we had anything pushing the adventure forward. And there are people out there who are lore hounds. I love the lore of Sea of Thieves, but not to the extent of some of these lore hounds out there. I think the story's great. I hope it continues, but I am definitely not murder boarding anything. I am definitely not taking notes on, on my book here about what we've learned and, and the cipher and trying to figure out how many tweets and what this symbol means in this music box. And I'm not doing that. That's not my thing. That's not my, that's not my bag, baby. It's not my thing. Okay. I got plenty of other things that I don't have time to do. I don't have time to do that. So I use everyone else's things and I learn and I see and I I just kind of skim the top of it just so I have a basic understanding in case anyone asks me and I cannot look stupid. But they said on the podcast that the rare team is looking at how the first mystery is going and they already have ideas to change it in the future. And when they were talking about this, I could tell that they were excited about what's coming up in the the mystery. I could tell they were still excited about the concept of a mystery, but when they were talking about what they learned, I, I don't know. And maybe I'm looking or reading too much into it, but it felt like the demeanor in the presentation when they were talking about changes for the future, it kind of shifted a little bit. And I almost feel like I have no basis behind this besides looking into how they reacted, how they talked, the t- the timbre of their voice, if you will. I, they're trying something new, right? The, this mystery is something brand new. They've done kind of CFTs type stuff in the past with the skeletal runes and things like that for the community to solve. But they've never done a full-blown mystery like this before. And I think they had a better, I think they had in their mind, which they've done many times, I've said it before, something that seems good up here, looks good on paper, but when executed, not so good. And I think maybe with this mystery, they're figuring out that this grand idea and how they foresaw this mystery going and how they wanted the social media engagement and all that stuff. I think it looked good on a business level as far as growing your social media uh, conversations and clout. I think it looked good as far as the in game, out of game stuff. But I think at the end of the day, it's not working out the way they want it to. In whatever way, shape, or form, I don't feel that it is moving in the way they want. So I'm glad they're taking a look at that and they already have things they would like to make changes on in the future. I'm glad that now after a few weeks, those lore hounds out there and the players who were really into the mystery now have something to work on, uh, and now have some stuff, uh, to, to, to dive into, right? Uh, that's really exciting for those players because I know there's several players out there that absolutely love this. Uh, and, and now that they have something to, to deal with they're they're all over it. Um, So that's super, super exciting for them. And I wish them luck in solving the cipher. I have no idea uh, what it is. In fact, my brother uh, messaged me uh, today with a picture on on Twitter of one of the cipher pieces. And he's like, what is this? I haven't played Sea of Thieves for a while now. What is this? And I explained, hey, it's part of the mystery. This is what's going on. He's like, oh, interesting. Cool. Neat. Um, I'm going to start solving it. I'm like, dude, you haven't even played. You don't even know what this is about. Like I told you it was a murder mystery that they started several months ago. You have no idea about anything. He's like, don't worry. I'll research. I'll figure it out. Dude's not even logging into the damn game. He's just going to jump on websites and he's going to go to Twitter and he's going to get all these pieces. To I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's what he does though. That's what he does. Uh, before I jump into the next topic here, I would like to take a quick moment and just inform you I'm drinking out of this lovely barrel brand aged beans. It is Deathwish coffee. It is not their dark roast Death Wish brand that I love, but this is a more mild tasting coffee by the same company who has the certified world's strongest caffeinated, natural caffeinated coffee in the world. It's the only coffee I drink. I have tried their barrel. It is quite good. They also have really awesome merchandise as well. Um, But using the link in the show notes, you can get 15% off your first order. You're welcome. And you can get cool ceramic mugs like this because it looks like it has a little boom barrel on it you got a little skull and crossbones. Hmm. So go on over to that link. Get yourself some coffee cuz it's delicious. Um so the next item that I want to talk about and we're going to bounce back into the um the official Sea of Thieves uh podcast in a second. But I want to take a step away from that with with two things. Um there was a lot of I don't want to say Twitter drama, but there was a lot of social media discussions and arguments, some nice, some not so nice, uh, that had been going on. Um, and one of the items that I saw pop up on hashtag uh, SOT Podcast, which was not answered by the team for obvious reasons, but I do monitor that uh, that hashtag as well for questions. And one of the uh, questions was, uh, when is Sea of Thieves coming to PlayStation Uh, and then also I'll address switch, right? PlayStation or switch. Um, and there's an obvious reason that sea of thieves podcast, the official one, isn't going to tackle this, right? They're not going to, they're not, they're not even going to touch it. They're not going to touch it with a 10 foot pole. They're they're not going to smell it. They're not going to taste it. No, that, that is going to stay in the hashtag stop podcast for unofficial podcasts like me. So let me, let me kind of dive into this and tell you what's going on. So first off, I don't like this term exclusive because I don't view Sea of Thieves as an Xbox exclusive anymore. And the reason I say that is it's on Steam. When I think Xbox exclusive, you have to, regardless if you play it on PC or you play it on the console, you have to get it through the Microsoft or Xbox store. That's how I view an exclusive. Now, I know some people out there, and if you actually Google it and get the general stupid-ass Google thing, you will see that Sea of Thieves is listed as an Xbox-exclusive game. If you dive into some websites, there's arguments about that. But in my mind, if the game is on Steam, it is no longer exclusive to Xbox and uh, Xbox on PC. Why? Because Xbox is not getting all the revenue from that game. Exclusivity means it's all coming here. It's all mine, 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 right? It's all going to Xbox and Microsoft in some way, shape or form through all the, the, the little bitty Microsoft's out there, like rare and all their other, uh, uh, small studios and and large studios. Right. But if it goes to steam, steam's getting money on those ancient coin purchases on the game purchases, And in my mind, it's on a different platform now. It's still on PC, but it's not through the Microsoft store. So that, that we'll put that aside. Now, dealing with the PlayStation and Switch question. Do I think that Sea of Thieves would be great on PlayStation? Yes. Do I think it would be great on Switch? Absolutely. And in fact, if you want to get really nitty gritty about it, you can place Sea of Thieves on a different platform. You can play it on the Steam Deck, which is a different console. So technically, it's not just on Xbox and PC. It's also on uh, the the <clears throat> the Steam Deck. So, ha! For you people out there who said it's exclusive to Xbox because the only console that could be played on is the Xbox, now it can also be played on Steam Deck. So there you go. I win again. <clears throat> And since it's my show, I can say I win. And if you send me hate mail, I can just ignore you. <laughs> That's what I do. Be creative in your hate mail. If it's boring, I'm not even going to deal with it. Uh, so PlayStation is an interesting one, actually. So Microsoft and PlayStation have battled for a long time in the console wars. We know that. Um, in my opinion right now, even though I'm not a console player, Xbox is clearly the winner. Uh, as it stands right now. Their Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. Their um, their console blows the PlayStation 5 out of the water. It's just where we are right now. Xbox wins. That's not to say there's not a lot of PlayStation fans out there uh, who would say the other way, but you know, I will fight for your right to be wrong, and you're wrong if you believe that PlayStation um, is, in fact a better console right now with better deals offered on that console. And for those of you who believe that console is the superior gaming uh, platform, I also believe in the right that you're wrong because PC in every way, shape or form will kick a console's ass. My computer, for example, is over five years old and still out benchmarks the newest latest and greatest Xbox five-year-old computer still, Still out benchmarks the Xbox. You can't tell me Xbox in any way, shape, or form could compete with the PC. You can at me. You can email me. You can Instagram me. You can Snapchat me. TV on Snapchat. You can tweet me. You can DM me. You can Discord me. You're still wrong. Moving up. Here's how this will happen. Xbox and Microsoft have been wanting to get the Game Pass on PlayStation. For obvious reasons, PlayStation doesn't want that. Because you're paying money to Xbox and Microsoft, which means you're not paying money to them. There are Microsoft games that are on the PlayStation. One of the most popular games in the world. Minecraft is on PlayStation. Here's the interesting tidbit about Minecraft. Minecraft can be played with other PlayStation users without an Xbox account. If you would like to play Minecraft with PC players, Xbox players, and Switch players, you do have to have a Microsoft account and you have to log in with said Microsoft account. Just like if you want to play Sea of Thieves, you can log in through Steam, but you have to have a Microsoft account in order to have everything cross-play and play nicely. Same thing with Switch. The integrations are there. If you go to the PlayStation website and log into your account, there is a way for you to link your Xbox account. On a Switch, there is a way to link your Xbox account. So those crossplay features are there. The foundation of the future of crossplay is already there, but it's not truly there because a game like Sea of Thieves requires the full thing. It requires the Xbox account. It's not an option. You have to have it. And I would say even diving in further on that, a game like Sea of Thieves, which is one of Xbox's premier games, right? That's one of their games that they always have on the banners. One of their highlights Rare is a huge studio for them. As far as advertisement, they got the Disney connection. They have this game that people absolutely love. It is a highlight game for them. Could they go to PlayStation and say, hey, PlayStation, we'll make it just like X or we'll just make it like Minecraft. If your players link their their PlayStation account with their Xbox account, they're logged into their Xbox account. They can play Sea of Thieves. If they don't, they don't get to play Sea of Thieves. You can buy Sea of Thieves off the PlayStation Store, just like you can off the Steam Store. We'll let you sell Sea of Thieves. All they have to do, though, is they have to log in with their Xbox account. We obviously get a cut, and we can do it. But Microsoft isn't going to do that. Would we like the increased player base of having PlayStation members? Absolutely we would. We would love that. We would love the influx of new players as as current players of Sea of Thieves. More people to hunt, more people to kill. But with a premier game like Sea of Thieves, Xbox is going to want more than just you can sell it and your players can play it and we get a cut. They're going to want more than that. And what they want is their end game. And that is Game Pass on PlayStation. So do I think in the future, Sea of Thieves will be on, St- uh, on on PlayStation and Switch? Yes. Do I think Sea of Thieves will be a game that's still as popular as it is today and not dead by that time? No. I think we're talking years, if not a decade down the road, before that's even, even in question. PlayStation is still rocking and rolling. They obviously just recently purchased Bungie. So in PlayStation's mind, and as a competitive business in gaming, this is the mindset that they have to have. We are still an equal competitor to Xbox. You're not. But we think we are, and we need to maintain that. We're, we, we still have the big guns in the gym, right? We can still outlift you, Xbox. You can't. But that's what they have to think. That's what they have to strive for. I think it'll take more slipping in PlayStation and more announcements like Xbox Game Pass, that ultimate that goes across everything, their X Cloud, Xbox Cloud system, and maybe even the next generation of Xbox to kick the living shit out of PlayStation to the point where PlayStation just says, all right, we cave. Let's go with Xbox game pass. Let's get them in here. Let's shake hands. Let's have a cuddle and let's make magic. But I don't think that's going to happen for the next five or or 10 years. It's going to be a while down the road before it happens. And I hope Sea of Thieves is still strong and, and, and going well by then, but five and 10 years can change a lot in a game. Um, so we'll see. I hope it's still around. I love this game. I love making this podcast. I love making content about Sea of Thieves. I love it. But in the world of gaming, some games survive and some games don't. Sea of Thieves has done a pretty damn good job of surviving as long as they have. And I hope they continue to survive. But in my honest opinion with how games are going, I think that by the time PlayStation caves and bows down to, 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 you know, daddy Spencer and, and, you know, bends over and says, okay, Xbox insert your game pass. Sea of thieves will be an afterthought. See if thieves will be in the past. Maybe we'll have sea of thieves two or something. Um, because that's, they've dug in hard. Uh, and I don't think they're going to, 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 to bend over and allow the game pass to slide on in, uh, anytime soon. Uh, and then we have the switch. And I'm not even going to get into details about how many decades down the road that'll happen. Nintendo is a completely different beast. Uh, They don't play well with others. uh, And especially that they dominate the handheld market. Um, Yeah, I don't see that happening. It would be, I've played Sea of Thieves on uh, on the, the Steam Deck. I've played Doom on the Steam Deck. Sea of Thieves would be great on a Switch. For those people who like console, I, I don't like it. My hands don't do the things right, but uh, um I think it would be great on a switch. Uh, it's and 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 a and a pirate game at like that on the switch. I think it would be fun. But uh yeah, they're they're dug in worse than PlayStation. And wh- when I when I mean they're dug in, I mean they dug a freaking hole. They built a nuclear shelter. Another nuclear shelter around that and they buried it all and they're sitting down there in their nuclear bunker saying no one can touch us. Okay, that that's Nintendo, that's Switch. We have a better chance of eventually getting Game Pass on PlayStation before we ever have a chance to crack the code that is the first bunker of Nintendo. The other item that I have here on my notes that I, I wanted to talk about before we get to the final thoughts on the podcast or the, the official Sea of Thieves podcast is um an accessibility change. And now I've said many times that I believe that Rare is one of the best um large or the big profile studios out there that really are making huge impacts in the world of, of accessibility. There are several big ones out there, but uh, Gears of War is another one that's, that's doing a lot for accessibility, but rare really kind of takes that on the, the, their shoulders and says, you know, we're going to be a studio who takes accessibility seriously. We want our people uh, as many people as we can to feel comfortable and have fun while playing sea of thieves. And I love that about rare. And I've talked many times and, and gave them the thumbs up many times about their accessibility now i am not someone obviously visually i've got glasses but that's not you know a lot of people have glasses that's not an exceptionality or or a disability or anything like that i've got my legs you know i got a bum knee but again i in the in the world of disabilities and exceptionalities i don't have them i don't all right i am fortunate that i don't have any sort of exceptionality like that. But there are things in Sea of Thieves that do trigger me and make me have some issues. And I would like to hear from any audience member out there, hit me up in on the Twitter, on the Discord, uh, um, um, on um, you can hit me up on Snapchat if you want. I told you my Snapchat earlier. God, I shouldn't have said that. Um, hit me up on, um, uh, what the, the hell is it? Um, the email box. Tell me what you think of this. There are multiple eye of reaches, including the X marks, the spot, the, um, the, the first crew, the Reaper, the, uh, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, the banana one, the one that came out with, uh, Blackbeard stuff, um, Wanda spyglass, the Reaper Heart spyglass. <clears throat> I think you know where I'm going. Tinted glass on the different spyglasses in Eye of Reach. I love some of the designs of those particular weapons, but I can't use them because they give me a headache. And they cause me a lot of trouble, no matter what I'm not colorblind. But no matter what colorblind setting I set, I still have an issue with the tinted glass. I don't know what it is, but I have an issue. And I don't get to use those cosmetics. I know some people do. I know uh, Behaving Beardly loves the first crew one, which has a slight green tint to it um, or a yellow tint. I don't remember which, but um, he uses that and he loves that. But I can't. I get headaches, so I don't get to use those. And so I would like to know from everyone out there, and if you're a person that has some sort of visual impairment um, or some other sort of an exceptionality that that tinted glass affects you, I would like to hear from you. um, How do you deal with it? Can you use them? Does it bother you? Are, are there things in the world that, that cause you pain because of the, the tinted glass? I would like to know from the community what they think about it. Because I would like to see Rare remove tinted glass across the board. You can still keep it so, you know, the, the glass that you see visually, if you're someone looking at the eye of reach, you can still keep that red. You can still make it glow if you want. I don't care. But when you look through it, it, it can be clear. Or an accessibility option that turns off tinted glass tinting um, in in the options. So let me know what you think. But that is uh, something that came up uh, on on our live stream uh, with me and Logan uh, last week, and he thought it was a great idea. And so I'm just curious. I again, I don't have any sort of disability, exceptionality, uh, or or impairment um, at all. But it does cause me a headache, and I and and I don't like headaches, so I don't use them. Um, but I would like to know from you guys, uh, tell me if, you know, if you feel comfortable sharing, if you have some sort of exceptionality, disability, or an impairment, let me know what that is and, and how you feel about the, uh, the tinted glass. All right. So final thoughts on, um, final thoughts on the official sea of thieves podcast. Uh, we have season, uh, seven, right? Is it seven already? Adventure six season. Yeah. Adventure six, season seven. Uh, next week. I believe, uh, I believe it's in the next week uh, when I will be at sea of thieves fest again. Uh, sea of thieves fest is uh, the next week, next weekend, uh, the weekend after this uh, video or this, uh, this podcast launches, I will be there. I hope I see you. I will have um, presents So make sure you uh, come find me. It's hard to miss me. Um, uh, and, and ask me for some presents cause I'll have some presents. They're cool. They're cool. Um, ship names. I found this very funny. So the conversation about captaincy and about the, um, specifically naming your ship, they went around the, the horn and they ask each person what they would name, uh, their ship. And, Joe came up with something funny, and I can always depend on Joe to to say something like this. He said, why don't we just call the ship your mom? And then he turns to Mike and says, will that actually make it through the guidelines? Because remember, in the song, no profanity, right? They're going to obviously have something built in that's going to analyze whatever you're putting up there, and they're probably going to have banned stuff, which you're not going to be able to use, just like they have in the arena with the pets and stuff like that. He turns to Mike, would that make it through the filter? And Mike's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Your mom will make it through the filter. So there you go. There you go. If you guys would like a cool name directly from Joe neat, that will make it through the filter confirmed by Mike Chapman. You can sail on your mom. I know I like sailing on your mom. Oh, yeah. Guys, thank you very much for listening. As always, I appreciate it. Very much. Remember, you can catch my live stream, twitch.tv slash Davram. Please hit the subscribe button. You can check out Pirate Talk Radio on YouTube if you're not already there right now. Please do hit that subscribe button so we can get closer to actually getting youtube.com slash Pirate Talk Radio. We don't have that right now. You can also check out my personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. Right now I'm playing through Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which is hilarious to watch me play through. Uh, so yeah, but guys, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, come check me out at sea of thieves fest. And I got some presents for you and I promise they're not your, your mom. I swear.